your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Joe DiBiase. Jordan's very upset about the Sabres usage of Dilly Dilly and the Dylan Cousins goal. And I'm Jordan Hanskin. And yeah, I mean, stupid. And this is the Locked On Sabres podcast, a rare victory podcast. When was the last time we stepped foot on this uh, on this show and were able to talk about a win? Can we even remember without looking it up? I don't remember. Have we not won since returning? Oh, they beat the Devils on Saturday. Why don't I? Oh, yeah, duh. They beat the Devils on Saturday. So we just we just actually did see them win two games ago. Um, but that was on a Saturday, so we weren't jumping right on after the game. So that's that's part of why mm-hmm. I guess I'm forgetting. Um, so the last time we would have done this for a win would be, though, before the restart. It would be that shootout win again over the Devils. The Sabres are only beating the Devils so far this year, it seems. Yeah, yeah. It seems like that's the level of skill that we're dealing with. Um, we talked about earlier in the year, where do the Sabres need to be? Who do they need to beat? Um, you know, they got beating the Devils down, it seems. Like, they've figured that out after losing to them before. Um, but, yeah, they, they they do seem, though, like a couple steps. Not even just one step, but a couple steps below even teams like the Islanders. So, yeah, I don't, that doesn't bode well for them. It looks like I'm looking at their schedule right now and the results. They have two wins on the season that are not against the New Jersey Devils. The six to one blowout win over Philadelphia, which seems like a lifetime that ago. That was the high point. That was the high point. That was yeah. like, ooh, what and is then, this? Then there was a four to three shootout win over the Capitals about a week later, which I have no memory of. We they beat the Rangers three. once. Beat yes, the Rangers. they beat the Rangers uh, after that Capitals win. But they've been rare. They've been rare. I, I think we'll get to plenty on the game. Um, this division is becoming very clear to me for what it is. It is a couple of teams at the top. You have a little bit of question in the middle, but who's going to be that fourth team? Will Pittsburgh claw their way in? Will the Islanders drop out? Will the Capitals even drop out with their goaltending situation? A couple of young guys back there. And then it's Rangers, Devils, Sabres at the bottom. And I don't really give any of those three teams much of a chance right now, especially by the way, with the Rangers with Panarin out. Yeah. Um, that story is weird, right? I, you, <laughs> let's, let's spend a second on that. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned it because I read the New York post on that and without coming right out and saying it, the New York post definitely believes that Panarin was set up by Vladimir Putin. Yeah. I mean, seems seems like a Putin thing to do. Um, yeah. if, you had to, if you had to pick like, what's a Putin thing to do, that would be a Putin thing to do. Um, but yeah, it, it it is like there's a lot of shadiness. Um, I found the Rangers uh tweet to be very like it's not obviously it's not like a funny situation, but the way they wrote it was just very funny. Clearly, our Temi Panarin is obviously being framed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I didn't know that was. I didn't know that we're using those uh, adverbs uh, today. Uh, but yeah, I, I just thought it was a weirdly, really weird story. Um, it's he said, she said right now, or he said, he said, I guess, with Panarin and Putin. 
Um, but yeah, uh, you know, it, it's a little alarming that the Russian, you know, the, the Russian government has that type of level of, well, like, you know, they're, they're willing to slander, mm-hmm. um, one of their like star athletes of, of that nationality. It's now it's pretty crazy. Their, their, their reach, a star athlete that has been very critical of the Russian right. government. Um, right. Maybe, maybe Bay, or maybe Putin just had the under on Rangers wins this season, and he wanted Panarin out of the picture. I don't know. Um, do, do you take him as a gambling man? I of course think Vladimir Vladimir Putin? Putin is betting sports. Come on, I don't know. He would lose too much. Uh, right? Wait, you, what are you going, sports what are you gambling, going for there? you lose a lot. Sports oh, gambling, you lose a lot, and he doesn't like to lose. He he stacks. He puts himself on CSK <laughs> Moscow to to dominate the other team, and the other team's like, "Oh, Vladimir, you're so good." <laughs> so uh, obviously, naturally, the Sabers finally get back in the win column, and we are here wondering if Vladimir Putin bets on sports. Um, that's you know that's where we are with this team. Like they beat the Devils four to one tonight. They looked great throughout the whole thing. I'm not taking much from it for the long term, but for, for now, let's stick within the framework of the game itself. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you, I'll give the floor to you. I, I loved Jacob Bryson in this game. I don't know if you want to start there. It was his NHL debut, but I thought a lot of things to like in the Sabres game tonight. Yeah, he was good. Um, I thought the Sabres as just a, the whole team was good. Um, today, obviously they, I would have liked for them to, you know, gut it out and get Olmark uh shut out that he actually like he really deserved um especially with that late barrage i mean he was stopping he was some trying. amazing shots he, was he wanted so bad he wanted that shutout so bad and uh naturally the sabers uh even in a, even in victory they they let you down uh <laughs> but yeah like i i like anytime the sabers start young players i enjoy watching them more and I don't think it's a coincidence. And I think Ralph needs to take a good look at that and uh, start playing these the kids more. We remember it was it was let the kids skate. That was what I coined it in the preseason. And Ralph, when when they do, I enjoy watching the Sabers more. Win or lose, I think it's more interesting. It's better for the team as a whole for the future to play guys like Jacob Bryson instead yeah. of playing. Uh, what do we call him yesterday? Matt Davidson, Brandon Matt Davidson. Davidson. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bryson, by the way, I mean, he is still a prospect. He's not that young. He's 23 years old. And this, we're talk- if you're not familiar with the player, fourth round pick of the Sabres four years ago in the 2017 NHL draft. So that would be, if I have that right. Oh, is that? No, maybe that's Bottrell. No, no, that's, that's Murray's last draft. Right? I have that right, don't I? 2017 is... Is Murray? Why am my timeline so screwed up? 2017, oh, no, I'm pretty sure it's Botterill, yeah. You're right. It's Botterill. Okay, so it's his first. that's his first draft, um, and that's his fourth-round pick from that draft. He's like a little bugger out there. I mean, he's 5'9". That dude flies. And I saw Chad DiDominicis label him as such in the first period. Like, it is high-event hockey. There's going to be a lot of nice plays, and there's going to be a lot of bad plays. But you know what? This team is so boring. Like I'm up for a little bit of danger. If that's Jacob Bryson, like keep keep playing him. Yeah, this team needs a little bit of that. They need a little bit of up and down hockey because 
I don't think we can win the games that the Islanders want to play. We're not built for that. So, you know, maybe take a few more risks, be more aggressive in the offense. Um, our offense doesn't really, you can kind of see it thus far the season. They don't really score after all those extended zone time. They like, they, they don't get that many great shots off out of that. And yeah. I think we, we need more, we need more on man rushes. So um, let's, let's get a little bit, let's get a little bit crazy here. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's a little bit on Bryson. I, I liked him bad news, by the way, before we get into more into the game, bad news on the Will Borg in front, the team announced, by the way, a day after Ralph Kruger called him day to day. I guess we just don't care that we're lying to the media about injuries anymore. Uh, Borgen had surgery today on a fracture in his right forearm, and he is out six to eight weeks. So you've already got McCabe out for the season. You've got Ristolainen out until God knows who, God knows when. And now you have William Borgen, who was playing really well in his first couple of games. He's out for a lengthy amount of time as well. And again, before we get back to this game, Let's talk a little bit of trade news because Elliot Friedman in his 31 thoughts uh, article for Sportsnet on uh, Tuesday morning said that the Sabres have made Brandon Montour available for trade. He is a he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. And tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this Wednesday, is the two year anniversary of the Sabres trading a first round pick and Brendan Gooley to get Brandon Montour. So your thoughts on the idea of moving him and not re-signing him. He to me is weird. Like I don't really know of anyone that has a strong opinion on Montour. Yeah. I mean, this was the guy, if people remember from our off season stuff, this is the guy I totally forgot was on the Sabres. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, I'm fine either way. Um, I'm all for getting an asset. If if you don't think that you're interested in resigning him, you should trade him. You should never just let players walk. Um, and uh, yeah, I would try. I would try to trade him because I don't think. I mean, we're not we're not really going anywhere with this team. I mean, we're trying to make the playoffs, but it seems like that's snowball's chance in hell. Um, even even after a win, like it was a good win, but it's you know it's the Devils. You gotta you gotta take it for what it is. Um, I, I'm interested in trading any player that the team doesn't feel like they're gonna resign. Yeah, and I would not want to resign Montour mm. at this point. Like he's been fine, but he actually gives you a lot of the things Ristolainen gives you. Like he's he's got a good skater. He's physical. He's got a big shot. He can move with the puck. Like he can stick handle a little bit. But you're always you're always left questioning some of the decisions, you know, like what when to go down on a two on one, like some of the stuff I was giving McCabe for credit for on our last episode, you know, how to getting the puck out of the zone in the first place, the passes. He's not necessarily the best passer in the world, and nowadays you want that to be one of the better traits for your defenseman. So his being 26 on top of that and needing a new contract, I would not really want to resign him. And I'm trying to get younger, I think, on that defense core. Like, Dalin is going to need a new contract. Yoki Haru is going to need a new contract. Those are going to be staples of this defense core, I think, for a long time. Maybe Bryson becomes something. Maybe that's a third-pair defenseman uh, next year. Maybe William Bo- Will Borgen is something like that. And if it comes down to it, I've got a bunch of unrestricted free agent defensemen. If it came down to Jake McCabe or Brandon Montour right now, and value would matter as well. 
Um, I would pick McCabe. I think he's arguably a better defenseman than Montour. He plays on the left side, which I am kind of short of. And I think I probably am going to pay less for him, no? Yeah, I agree. I agree with all the sentiment. Um, It seems like there's a lot to like with him. You know, I'll I'll add in the the locker room stuff. And, um, you know, this guy's kind of been like very well-liked player, I think. In the in that locker room, um, he yes. wears the A, um, and I think like the Sabers probably think that way too. Um, if if Friedman's talking about it, I, I, odds are there's some smoke to that. Yeah. Um, and I, I just imagine that being the left side, as you said, he's just the more valuable asset right now. And he's been he was playing his best hockey until he got hurt. The injury does throw a wrench into things, though. Now, last thing on this. Because it's a weird time. The trade deadline is not until April 12th. I mean, we are almost two months away from the deadline. Does this coming out now that he's available, does that make you think the Sabres are not looking for, for instance, picks and prospects? Like they wouldn't want to trade Montour right now for someone's late first round pick or for a second and a prospect. I almost feel like because of the timing, and I might, they might be crazy, but because of the timing, I, I don't know. Are they looking to acquire a goalie? Like, I, are they looking to get something back that's going to help them right now for Montour? I might not want to discount that that possibility. Yeah, it's interesting. A um, little bit of a hockey trade. Um, yeah. Goalie, uh, it could be like a right-handed yes, defenseman. Just a, just a score. It, could be, it could be a forward. It could be, it could, it could even be right-handed defenseman for left-handed defenseman. Sure, that's yeah, <laughs> go that route. <laughs> um, you know, just maybe a defenseman that you know the Sabres like their game a little bit more for their style. Um, you know who I just found too that this might fit for, uh, and if it's for the goalie part, the Rangers right now only have two right shot defensemen on their roster. Now they are good defensemen and the, the best two, and Adam Fox and Jacob Truba, but those are really their only two good defensemen overall and then they have four left shot guys that have kind of been cycling through one of them playing out of position and they've got two good young goaltenders they're not trading Shesterkin I think he's got Vesna a Vesna ceiling uh Alex Georgiev is a good goaltender he's 25 years old he's got two years left at 2.4 million dollars and I would consider him I would consider him, at least as of right now, a slight upgrade over Linus Allmark with upside still to go because he has not yet played a whole lot in the NHL. This is really only his second season in the league. So you're basically getting a guy that's already Allmark, might have some upside, and that's a team that I think could use Brandon Montour. But you would also need both of those teams to think they could still make the playoffs. And maybe it's early enough where they both would, but that's just one idea that I'd that just popped into my head off the top here. But if we spent more time, I'm sure we'd find more uh, hockey trades for Brandon Montour. Um, all right. Jody Biasi and, and Jordan Hanskin on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We'll be right back and we will recap more of Sabres and Devils. Sabres win over New Jersey four to one on Tuesday night. More after this. Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports actions. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. A little embarrassed to say it, I am watching this season of The Bachelor. 
lines on a show like that, I'm actually intrigued by for the first time in my life. And bet online's where you want to be looking for that. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports books experts. Remember to use the promo code locked on. Built Bar is back and improved with all new packaging and the bars. I didn't think they could taste any more like a candy bar, but our friends at Built Bar somehow figured out a way to add to their 12 permanent flavors, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange toffee almond, coconut, and my personal favorite, peanut butter brownie, are now six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, cake carrot cake and apple almond crisp in addition to tasting amazing they are great for the healthy conscious guy or gal under 200 calories low sugar high protein and high fiber do not eat one more protein bar until you try built bar go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on you'll get 20 percent off your next order use the promo code locked on at builtbar.com Joe DiBiase, Jordan Hanskin, back on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, Tiger Woods hospitalized after a car crash early Tuesday morning. Host Peter Bukowski gives you the latest details. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. What a story that is, by the way. Like the t- t- I, There's nothing sinister about the situation at all, but... Like prayers up for Tiger Woods because potentially two broken legs. He at least had surgery on two fractures. Um, I don't know. I can't think of a a similar story off the top of my head where you've got a sports star that's in a a car crash that's that serious. I don't know. Can you think of one like recent? I can't. No, no. Um, you have like celebrities that have had like you know yeah. tragedies with that. Um, some, you know, even worse tiger. I'm, I'm happy that he's, you know, that, that it, it's just the, like, obviously serious injuries, but you know, it, it, They're could, not have been, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I just love watching. I'm a big golf fan. I love watching golf and you know, tigers, tigers mm-hmm. unreal what he does to elevate the game, like how, Tournaments when Tiger's in it is just so much better. And I hope that he, you know, gets to play again. I, I just, it, it gets to that point to me where it's like, could we have seen the last of him? I I never doubt him. I always assume that he's going to come back stronger and better than ever. Um, but yeah, prayer prayers to him and yeah. uh, his family. All right, let's get back to the Sabres here. 4-1 win over the Devils. Goals by Cody Eakin at the end, which I'm surprised they even had count. I thought it was after the buzzer, but whatever. Uh, Dylan Cousins with a goal. Rasmus Asplund with a nice goal out of midair. And then Victor Olsen on the power play early. I mean, the most consistent thing on this team right now is Victor Olsen on the power play. Now, if you if you hear, if you just heard the list of names I went through, Rasmus Asplund, one of the players that gets a goal in this game. And you know, Ralph Kruger is sitting in his office right now, smoking a cigar. All the people doubted him 
for benching Jeff Skinner. I still think it's a terrible decision. Don't get me wrong. Um, but the guy, the two guys he's put in Skinner's place, middle stats had two nice games in a row and Asplund finds the back of the net. I it just, uh, it, it's, it's funny. It's almost funny that Asplund had to be the guy that scored that goal, you know? Yeah, no, it's very, it's very funny that, um, the guys that are filling in for Skinner, but that doesn't mean anything. Cause there are still guys that Skinner could play instead of like, yeah. there's like, I mean, he can, he can get Akposo. I mean, Eakin, I'm sure you could, you could stick a different center at Eakin's spot and, you sure. know, like maybe give Dylan Cousins put, a shot put in <laughs> center. Shane, Shane. Yeah. Or no, no, please God. Like that would be the perfect idea. Um, but even if you wanted to keep that a checking line, uh, Riley Shane is a center. Like he for his in his career he's been a center. I know we don't really know Ralph him. Ralph Kruger well says not so fast, <laughs> my friend. Right. <laughs> he by the way had a nice game. He had some some moves with his hands that I had never seen out of him. Not only here in Buffalo, but back in his days in Detroit and Pittsburgh, he made two moves that I didn't even think he had in him. Um, he's been fine so far this year. I'm not going to say too much about Riley Shan, but yeah, like you could have found a way to get Skinner in the lineup. I. I was heated after they benched him in the first place. And you, I think, you know, something's something could be up when like, I'm listening to WGR this afternoon and Paul Hamilton, who actually liked the idea of sitting Skinner because he hadn't scored yet in their last game against the Islanders said that, okay, well now I don't really get it. You know, like if the logic was to wake him up, like, Hey, this, this wake up call, Jeff, if you're benching him against the devils too, well, now it doesn't really make all that much sense. And when everyone now is on the side of what's really going on here, then I think you only are leaving people to speculate on what is going on. I don't believe I, we haven't read anything. We haven't heard anything. We haven't seen anything that makes us think that there's something personal going on between Jeff Skinner and Ralph Kruger. But I'll say this, if something was going on behind the scenes between these two, this is exactly what it would look like, right? This is, if, if, if Ralph Kruger hated Jeff Skinner for some reason, it, like he, they got into it, like uh, off the ice at practice or something. Isn't this what it would look like? Like be- putting him with fourth liners and then when he doesn't score, you're benching him in the press box for guys in the taxi squad. Like, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't even know what else to do with it anymore. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I've never seen Skinner act the way he's been in post-game interviews. Like I haven't seen that side of him until this year where he kind of gets a little bit uh, sassy, a little bit like saucy in his, in his remarks. Um, And I think he's definitely, you can tell that he's mad at crew. You can tell that he wants to be a top six guy. And um, he does kind of say it. He says it in like a, in that like savvy, but also like angry manner. Um, even though like, well, I'm trying to think of like how to say it, but he's like, he's like mad, but he still says the right thing. That's like, that's how I try to say it is like, he does say yeah. like the right stuff. Like he puts it on himself. He's like, you know, I got to score. I got to finish. Um, but you could tell that he's mad that he's not giving opportunities, not giving opportunities that he had before. Um, and it all changed when Kruger uh, got behind the bench. Like yeah. that's the that's the one thing that Skinner probably links it to. 
And I don't blame him for being mad. I mean, it's a frustrating situation, I'm sure, for him. Because um, he doesn't want to be the $9 million benched guy. He wants to He wants to produce. He wants to help. Um, and um, I think it's just frustrating for him because he looks and he's like, you know, I, I'm creating chances. We're not scoring. But I'm doing the best I can with this line that I'm on. And I want to play with – I want to have – I want to just – get on the ice and try to score more. And Kruger's like, nope, nope, we gotta we gotta put in other guys. We want you to take a look at things. And I, I don't know. I don't I don't see how an extra game of looking at things is gonna be better. Like what did he learn from this game that is different right. than the last one? Right. Exactly. What was he really supposed to learn? He said it himself. He's played 11 years, 700 games in the league. (laughs) This isn't like a rookie guy that you're bringing in that needs to take a look from the press box. Even then, I think it really doesn't make any sense either. Um, But yeah, a couple of stats, by the way, that I did want to bring up on Jeff Skinner that I pointed out to people on Twitter that were trying to come at me with, well, if he's not scoring goals, he's not doing anything. Well, he's still creating offense if he's not scoring goals. He is one of the top players on the team in high-danger scoring chances. He actually, by the way, has a higher rate of high-danger scoring chances than each of his last two seasons, and that includes the 40-goal season. And also, one of these is a fluke, but he's first on the team in penalties drawn per 60 minutes of ice time. He's first on the team in takeaways. He's first on the team in rebounds created, and he's third on the on the team for forwards in blocked shots. The shot block total is definitely a fluke. That's like the first time in his career he's ever been near the top of his team's list. But the other numbers there are constants in his game. So to me, he is not utterly useless if he's not scoring. You might think that because he's thought of as a proven goal scorer in the NHL. So when they're not scoring goals, your mind, and also when they don't like kill penalties, your mind immediately goes to, well, they don't do anything to me. That's just not true. Like he's got the puck. He's getting it on net. He's creating chances for others. He's taking the puck away from others. He's creating penalties. Like he's doing enough to warrant being in the lineup. And one point I made writing at WGR 550.com last night is if Ralph Kruger was trying to be predictive, instead of reactionary, he would look at the sheer total of chances that crew that Skinner is getting understand that he's just getting unlucky. He's just snake bitten and putting him up with the top six. Like he might explode. He might go off on one of those stretches where he scored like 30 goals in his first 45 games for the Sabres a couple years ago. So I need to see him on one of those top lines pronto. And I'm not sure it's ever going to happen again. It, it with his head coach. Not that it even really happened in the first place. Um, all right. I don't know if we got anything else on this game tonight. Maybe one more thing. We, you kind of mentioned it earlier. Allmark deserved the shutout. 41 saves on 42 shots. He had tons of shot attempts by the Devils in this game. If he had saved that last one at the end, which was almost the exact save save he had just made before, I, I would have like lost my mind. It would have been incredible. But Allmark was incredible in that game, and uh, maybe we'll see the net again when the Sabres play the Devils again on Thursday night. Um, all right, so until then, thanks everybody for listening to the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Sneaky Joe Sports, at JR Hanskin, and at Locked On Sabres. We will talk to you tomorrow on the Locked On Sabres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.